Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Bolton here. So good to have you here with us for another awesome episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, one of the best parts of TSL is working with our students. Like day in, day out, we've literally helped thousands of students to build and grow their speaking business and to share their message with the world. And I am thrilled that you have the opportunity to hear from some of them during our monthly student highlight series. Because one of the things you're going to find is their stories are going to offer really insight and, and hope no matter where you are in your speaking career. We're going to talk about exactly what they've done, how they've built their business and some of the results that they're seeing. And so for this series, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to hand the mic to one of our coaches who are in the trenches every single day, helping our students to gain the confidence, the clarity, and that clear path that they need to their very own speaking success. I know you're going to love hearing from and learning from these students. So uh, let's get right into it. Enjoy. Hey everyone, Mary Alice Goldsmith here, Director of Student Success, and today I am taking over the Speaker Lab podcast. It's a true honor to have the opportunity to introduce you to some of our amazing students. I promise you're going to learn so much from their experiences and be inspired by their perseverance and success. Today, I have the true privilege of introducing you to Amy Fuentes. I did practice that name beforehand. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Amy, where are you coming in from? And let us know, what do you speak about? I am from Northern Virginia, about an hour outside of DC. And I inspire and empower women to reimagine their decisions so that they can find their voice, change their stories and become their own heroes in all aspects of their lives. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Not too much pressure to get those women motivated, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, transforming lives in one talk is is pretty big aspirations, but it works. Yeah, no, it's pretty incredible. So tell us what what led you to this moment in time. <laughs> you know, it's it's very rarely just one event. Like, oh, the sky's woken up, and one day I decided to be a speaker. Yeah. Um, no, I, it wasn't anything like that. As many people probably have their stories, it was a variety of baby steps along the way that kind of led me here. And it started, believe it or not, mm-hmm. when my daughter went off to college, and I got literally blindsided hit in the face with a pie called empty nest and it took me a very I'm almost embarrassed to say how long it took me to process through that difficult transitional time and come out the other side but in doing so I I got together with some other I got into some groups some Mm -hmm. Facebook groups and such and I started a, a personal journey 
And I started sharing that personal journey. And the, the people that I was sharing it with said, we'd love to have you share more. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, really? You really want more? You're like, wait, you're supposed to be helping me. Right, right. And I was like, I, you know, I've just had these aha moments that I'm sharing never in a million years thinking it was going to come of anything, anything was going to come of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I started a Facebook page and a YouTube channel. And then um, I, I, was, I was faced with what's next for me. So anybody who has ever gone through empty nest or a transition where they're leaving the workforce or, re, or attempting to retire, I say that because I attempted to retire from the mortgage industry and it, it just, it didn't work for me. Um, uh, you know, it, it just, it just transitioned into that. I, I said, you know, I really want to help women transition through life's transitions in an easier, smoother, quicker way than what I went through. And in finding that, um, I guess some people would call it purpose or passion or, mm-hmm. uh, journey. Uh, it kind of led me to where I am now. Yeah. It's, it's something that, um, you know, you don't really think about in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s when you're raising children. But man, it is really not an easy transition to go from this title of mom and mommy, you know, to like, there's no noise in the house anymore. Like, this is really sad. You know, there is that empty feeling in the nest. Like, it's not called empty nest for no reason. <laughs> Well, yeah. And what I realized was I had nurtured every relationship I had with my mother and my sister and my friends and my husband and my kids. Because I knew one day they would leave and I would want to have that relationship with my husband and not look at him and go like, who are are you? Why are we together? (laughs) You know, what I found was in nurturing everybody else's relationship, I didn't nurture the one with myself. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know who I was. I, my husband looked at me when I was turning 50 and said, how do you want to celebrate? I was like, celebrate what? And he goes, celebrate, you know, your birthday. I was like, I don't know. And, and then he starts rambling. Do you want to have a party? I don't know. Do you want to go on a trip? I don't know. Do you want to? I was like, look, I, I don't, I really, I don't know. And someone asked me, what do you want to do? What do you do for fun? I was like, fun. I've been going to dance recitals and soccer. <laughs> That's what I did for fun. And yeah. so, you know, giving people the permission to take a pause, take a breath, and and really focus on the relationship with themselves so they, they don't lose, you know, what is it, Eat, Pray, Love? Is that whole movie is on the fact that she was going in search of who she was. and um, And that's an ongoing uh, journey because we're constantly, sure. if we're, living, we're growing, we're changing. And so it's a constant journey. Yeah. I mean, it's really so important to talk about it and you know, you don't need to talk about it when you're in your 20 and thirties, you have some time, but I do think that the more that we do talk about these things and, and sometimes it could affect the fathers as much or worse than the mothers, right? Depends on the scenario. So this is not just for women, but, um, those, those big transitions in your life, they're, they're in a, in an essence, and maybe you could say it better than me, but they are wake up calls, like to, to seize the moment, you know, like it's okay to take time to mourn. And Lord knows I did. I, when my first one, my first son went off to college, he used to love those little mini pretzels. And I remember yeah. like, I remember, um, 
dropping him off at school and me and my other two boys and my husband and me and my one son were crying and the security guard goes, oh, it's okay. He'll be home for Thanksgiving. And my husband's like, he lives 20 minutes down the road. We're 20 minutes down the road. <laughs> but I remember going into our pantry and seeing those pretzels and just bawling like, ah, because it's, it's, there is a mourning process that has to happen because it, the nest has shifted your your goals in life have shifted whatever the transition is this is not just about going to college um but if you think back on your life aren't there so many moments like those moments yes and that is why i became a public speaker was when i had my first baby and i was like oh my gosh how am i going to not that i'm going to love the baby any less but how do i split my time between a newborn and my husband who I want to, who I love and, and I want to nurture yeah. and I want to be with, but the baby takes so much time. <laughs> and so, you know, going through that transition and I didn't have extended family to like help me out. My husband traveled. And so Whoa. there was a lot going on and that transition was huge. And the transition from, you know, doing that to going back to the workforce was huge. And the, the transition from going to the, you know, from the workforce to starting your own business again was huge. huge. And so each transition with, without having people in your corner to kind of guide you and support you makes it a much longer duration than it needs yeah. to be. For sure. For sure. And I think people get stuck in those transitions, right? They, they, um, it almost is like, um, uh, what is it? Paralysis by analysis. Like you, you're in this transition. This is a pivotal moment in your life where you could seize the moment or the moment can seize you. What's your recommendation to people who, who may be listening and are in a transition uh, time in their life? Like, what do you encourage them? Are there steps that you go through or how do you get people to oh, really seize the moment? Yeah, absolutely. I tell people there was a time in my life when my family was dealt a curveball and literally overnight our income was cut in half. Oh. Half after we had just moved into our dream house. And oh. so I found myself <laughs> with that ice cream on the kitchen floor moment. Do you know what I mean? Oh, Where you take oh, a gallon yeah. of ice cream and a spoon and you sit down and you eat as you're crying out of the bucket. And does it help? No. Does it make it worse? Yes. But we do it anyway. And it was many nights of eating ice cream um, on my, the ice cream on the floor out of the bucket that made me have that light bulb moment that, like you said, this is a, a determining factor. This is a defining moment in my life. And I can either choose to define it or let it define me. Mm. And when you come to that realization, it's a, a, it's a process of awareness. We end up getting so comfortable in our self-pity, in our in our sadness, in our frustration, you know, that we sit in it for so long. And I always tell people that pain pushes way more than pleasure pulls. So it's not until you get so uncomfortable sitting in your sorrow that you finally pick yourself up and put your big girl panties on for us that are girls, or even your big girl pants, your, your big boy pants on mm -hmm. if you're a boy, you know, put those things on and say, okay, got curveball, 
got the rug ripped out from under me, whether that's in my case financial or maybe it's a relationship that crumbles or maybe it's a health issue. It doesn't really matter what it is, but saying, okay, I'm sad. I've processed through that frustration and sadness and now I'm, I'm tired of being that way and doing just a baby step like a literally an infinitesimal step. You're mm. not going to go from crying in an ice cream and a bucket of ice cream to, you know, dancing the jig and being happy and laughing all the time. But there are little things that you can do each day to get you just a little bit further away from that sadness or that frustration or that overwhelm. And taking that one baby step for me, for the financial thing, I just decided to track every penny that I I spent and my family spent. Everyone had to have a receipt and we put it in a bucket and I went through them every week. So that was my baby step, just getting receipts. Yeah. Um, it doesn't need to be big, but getting to the point where you're no longer wanting to be in that awful place is much more of a catalyst than saying, oh, I want, I want to be healthy. You have to be tired of being sick before you can get to the point of actually moving forward. Yeah. So the ice cream is actually an important point. (laughs) Ice cream is step one because you have to be so sick of eating the ice cream that you're like, I need to move forward here. Yeah, I am not. I can't button my pants anymore. Now I've moved from a financial disaster to a health disaster, right? <laughs> that's, that's the takeaway I got from there. Like the ice cream, it's part of the process. Don't judge it. <laughs> yeah, don't judge Do it, but just don't do it. For long. <laughs> I'm totally kidding, but I just had to, you know, had to make that comment because I'm like visualizing you on the floor going, wait a minute, you know, enough of this. I need to have my, my, my pleasure pull me more than my pain is keeping me down here, which I love that. How you phrase that. Um, but it is, there is this, we all have this individual process, right? There, we do kind of have to hit that quote unquote rock bottom where we're like, enough is enough. And I often hear, you know, as a coach, uh, working with students, you know, like, um, there's certain comments that if we were to just become keenly aware of, we would understand how they're not serving us, right? Such as, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough love. I don't have enough chops, you know, to do this, right? That, those comments, don't you feel like they really prevent a faster transition in a way that's, you know, pleasurable or like exciting? We, oh we hold God. ourselves back. Mary Alice, yeah. I, I swear to you guys, I did not tempt her with all of this, but this is exactly what I speak on. I oh, speak on it. the fact that when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, which is mm. a big quote from Wayne Dyer, who I absolutely adore. Um, and I talk a lot about that in my, in my talks. I also talk about the fact that we're only one decision away from a totally different life. And yeah. deciding today that we deserve that life is the first decision to get you in that direction. So, yes, our, our thoughts, when um, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this on the scientific level, but our thoughts, when we think about them long enough, they become our beliefs. And when we believe them long enough, they be, long enough, they become our reality. So if you're in a reality that you don't like right now, trace it back to that thought. And if yeah. you change that, what you make that decision to change that one thought that 
people, there's, there's, there are already people, I'll give you a great one. Their imposter syndrome is real in the speaking industry. There are plenty of people that are speaking on what I speak about. There are plenty of people that not only speak about what I'm speaking about, but do it better for longer than I've been doing it. And that was a serious thing that I grappled with. You know, there, there's already people in that, in the field that are doing it just fine. They don't need another one. Oh yeah. That's um, a big one. That's you know, a big they one. They don't need yeah. another one. And who's mm-hmm. going to listen to me mm-hmm. and what credentials do I have and who's going to pay me to talk to them about this? And, yeah. and, and so I have said all those things. I, I'm not immune to it. It's just that I'm more aware of it. And when you catch yourself, I forget how many thousands of thoughts you have a day. Um, I know that you make 30, 5,000 decisions a day, but there's it's like 80,000 or something like thoughts that just come. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of thoughts that we have every day. And so interrupting that thought pattern, I'm like, wait, did I really just think that? Is that Mm -hmm. what I really think? Do I want to continue thinking that and doing a pattern interrupt and say up until now, I felt this way, but moving forward and what that does in the brain, it actually triggers the brain that you're no longer going to continue to think that way. So when you're thinking, oh, there's a million people out there, nobody's going to listen to me say, I thought that up until now. But moving forward, there are people that don't know about this person. There are people that can't afford this person. There are people that won't travel to see this person. There are people that won't associate with this person, and they will with me. Mm Because I'm a different person. I'm delivering the information. But we've all are guilty. I mean, how many times has your mother, your husband, your sister, your friend said something to you probably a thousand times and then some stranger on the street says the same thing just a slightly different way and the light bulb goes off and you're like oh my gosh yeah and and they're like we've been saying that to you forever you you know you didn't hear me so you might be that shining light for somebody that needs to hear it the way you say it yeah no that that's really powerful like just the awareness i mean if anybody wants to take anything from this call today this podcast is that like thoughts what what people don't often realize is is thoughts just come to us right like if i look at the sky and it's blue i'm going to say oh that's a nice blue sky right i didn't tell my brain oh think that the sky is blue and then say it's a nice blue sky like that's that's just not the way it works like thoughts just come they just download but the more we get keenly aware of those thoughts and what emotional attachments we're putting onto those thoughts that's when your whole world can shift for the better. Um, I was on a call uh, the other day and um, the the woman was kept saying, I just don't have enough time. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. I'm like, wow, I don't think I have any more time. <laughs> I think I was starting to believe that there is no such thing as time. You know, so the, like the, the repeated um, convincing, like you are so emotionally invested in not having enough time. Guess what? you will not have enough time for anything. You will always be the person who's late, who is stressed out because the clock is running out. Opposed to, I'm really good with time. I am a great time manager. I am structured and I always have more than enough time. Start saying that. Yes, I I agree. But people who are in the, I don't have enough time, Mm -hmm. jumping that huge divide 
to I am great at time management, I have more than enough time is too far of a step. Yeah. You know, uh, yes, you you want to eventually get there. But even if you can just say, today, I surprisingly had a little more time than expected. Today, Mm -hmm. I used my time differently. Today, I found 10 minutes. I always chunk it down to 10 minutes because if somebody tells me that I have to listen to an hour of something or I have to do something that's going to take me an hour, I spend more time fretting over the fact that I can't find an hour than if I had taken all those moments that I was fretting, I probably would have more than an hour. So taking it and chunking it down into 10 minutes, it, it tricks our minds is what it does because we can always find 10 minutes. And if you're somebody who's like, I can't even find 10 minutes, then find five. Find five minutes because what it does is it's just the catalyst. It's just the push to get you started. It's that first step that's always the hardest. Yeah. So slow and steady on any type of changes to create a new mindset around anything, time, money, love, health, all that good stuff. So what are some of the, you know, I know like you're you're out there, you're working, you're speaking business. A lot of the people that are listening to our student highlight podcast are curious, like what are some of the things that you're seeing um, when it comes to working your speaking business that are actually working? I love nothing more than when I give a talk and then I get to get the feedback, right? Mm. So I agreed to do a series of talks for uh, transitional housing. And these are individuals who are transitioning from either homeless or a, ho- or a shelter into a stable living condition, but can't make enough money, don't have enough money saved to actually go out. So it's lower rent and they give them life skills and a lot of speakers come in to educate them. And they had me come in. I decided to do a series for them, six different talks. And towards the end of the talk, so I've, I see the same people multiple times. And towards the end, it was amazing when someone came up to me. Well, I, I actually had two people. The first one came up to me and said, you know, I remembered what you said, that you were actually nervous to speak in public, that you almost peed yourself the first time you did it. And she goes, and so in a meeting at work the other day, they asked for people's input and I remembered that and I raised my hand and I gave input and it was so influential that they actually invited me to run the meeting next time, which is absolutely amazing, you know, that That's she amazing. could transform her life like that. And the other individual was saving and she really wanted to own her own place. And I um, had the group do vision boards and a bunch of other things during the workshop. And at the end, she came up to me and she said that not only did she put money down on a home, the home looked exactly like what she had pictured and cut out and drew on her vision board. Wow. That was due to my workshop and my talk and my input and the things that I shared. And having that kind of impact positively on other people's lives is something that is immeasurable. You can't measure it in um, money or time or success or self-worth. It is, it, it fills me up like nothing else. 
Yeah, that those are incredible stories. And I wonder for you, what do you think is the big catalyst for for the impact of the transformations that you're making with women? Is do you have a method? Do you have a step-by-step system? I, I love it because there are people that need that, right? I I just announced in, in a group that I do on Facebook, um, Aha Moments with Amy, I announced in there what I did to take off some weight. And I told them that they just need to eat the same things, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. And there are certain people that didn't like that answer. They mm-hmm. wanted... They wanted to know exactly what I ate, how many ounces, when I ate it, what pro- And so I know that there are people out there that want those kind of details. So I'm going right. to say this, um, and this is from my heart. The secret, you're not going to like this, those of you who want the step-by-step process. The secret is to be you. Don't follow my process. You know, be you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because that's what people align with. That's what people relate to. That's what people, um, you know, atti- you know, get inspired by is you. There, I'm very animated. There are speakers that are not animated. They're just as impactful. There are people that are much pro- prolific with their words. Simon Sinek is a great example of that. He blows my mind, but he's not animated like I am. So Mm -hmm. be you. There isn't any one one correct book to follow. There are certain steps that you can do on the like administrative end or on the um, nuts and bolts, you know, like make sure you have a one sheet, make sure that you have a talk, make sure that you, when you write your talk, you have an objective in mind. What do you want the audience to take away from your talk? What do you want them to learn? Are there three key points? You know, there there are certain mechanics, but the how-to and the way you connect with people is really just be you. And that's so hard for so many of us to just be ourselves. I think Oprah tells a really funny story about how she, um, she really wanted to be, who is the, um, Barbara Walters. But Uh she first got into, um, broadcast and she was doing her talk show and she was doing, um, reporting and stuff. She wanted to be like Barbara Walters. And she, she said it was terrible because She's not Barbara Walters. And so many people try and be Oprah. You can't be Oprah. There's only one Oprah, just like there's only one you. Mm. And so be you. That's what people really resonate and love. Yeah, there is um, something really valuable about being yourself. But then there's also something that people are hesitant about that because if they don't have the step-by-steps, what if they fail? How do you help manage women around that? I think that we need to take the word failure out because everybody fears the fact that they're going to fail. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, I would, I would be not telling the truth. If I told you that I didn't get nervous the first time I, um, rode a bike, I was scared. Right. Mm -hmm. And I wobbled and I fell and I got up and I did it again and again and again. And I will tell you that I am a perfectionist 
in, you know, I'm working through my perfectionism (sighs) and one individual, one of my very good mentors who has really helped with this. And if you're looking for someone to really look at, to help you with that whole, if I, if I don't do it perfectly, or I don't do it right, or I don't do it smoothly, or I stumble on my words, this person is for you. Her name is Mel Robbins. And if you don't know her, look her up. She's everywhere. You guys, she's on YouTube and, and Instagram and Facebook and everything, but she, she will show you, she rolls out of bed with her hair sticking straight up and, and gets on. She has no makeup. She'll say the wrong word. She'll get interrupted by her cat meowing and she picks up the cat in the middle of what she's saying. And you know what? People love her. When I, when I was pregnant, I was having my baby. I remembered saying, I don't know, you know, you get closer and closer and closer and you're eager and you want to deliver this baby and get the thing out of your body. But, <laughs> but you're like, yeah, I don't know if I can do this. Is there I any other way hurt. to get it out? <laughs> Say that again. Is there any other way to get this out? Yeah. That I, I want it done. I just don't want it done the right, the regular way. <laughs> right, right. You know, and, you know, and, and is, I don't know if I'm, 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 what happens if I can't deliver the baby mm. and what happens and what, uh, and all this other thing. And the thing that got me through it is that there are a lot of people that aren't nearly as strong as me, that aren't nearly as healthy as me, that are not nearly as equipped as me that do it every single day. Yeah. There are people that get up on stages or speak in meetings that stumble. I, I, I remember going to a sales meeting when I was in the mortgage business, the guy was terrible. Like my heart went out to him like, Oh God, dude, I just want to wrap my arm around you and help you find the words. But your audience doesn't look at you like that. You're beating yourself up way more. Your audience is compassionate. Your audience is supportive. Your audience doesn't want you to stumble. And if they do, and and if you do, they're there to support you. Mm -hmm. They're not there to make fun of you. And so switching that perspective and saying, you know what? If I trip, my mom tells a story when she went into her interview one day, like high up interview, she walked in and her, back then they, women wore slips. Nobody wears a slip. Oh, jeez. Okay. This tells you the, the time period, but she wore a slip and she went in and the guy that was interviewing her tried to, you know, rock her world and say, your slip is showing in the middle of her interview. And she just said, gracefully said, it's pretty and it's clean. And she moved on. And so for her, you know, there are going to be times when things come up. If you could have just said, thank you and moved on. You Mm -hmm. know, we put much more importance, me included. I am not, you're not alone in this, in being perfect and, and not stumbling, but it's in those stumbles that make you more relatable. When you see somebody that's perfect in porcelain, not so much relatable as somebody that comes in and is just like you, right? Mm-hmm. You relate and associate with people that are just like you. Yeah, no, that's powerful. And such an important reminder that, you know, we're, we're perfectly designed the way we are. There's no need to be anything else or anyone else. Um, and I think that actually helps when you're in these transitions or when you're trying to level up to your next level, or when you have a thought of like, I want to go for it. Like I want to do amazing things, you know, um, when you really trust and believe in who you are and what you're meant to be, um, it's easier to take those small steps as we were talking about before. 
Um, and there's less pressure because you just, you have this connection. And I think that's a big thing for women. You know, we, we were touching on this in the beginning. It's like we spend some time and not every woman gets married and have babies. I understand that. But for a lot of women, we are diverted by either our husbands or a significant other, our children, our aging parents. There, there's a lot of distraction, puppies and animals that we bring into the house, all of those things. Like it's all on us in a lot of ways. And, um, uh, and we do that for ourselves. We're good at that, by the way. You know, it's like, oh, I have to do this. My responsibility. If I don't do it, it's not going to get done right. We're all right. guilty of that, right? Yep. Um, but it's those women who really take that time to get back into their skin and back in touch with themselves and, you know, where, where are they going? What, what is the next generation going to be like for them or um, not generation, the next like 10 years, what is that going to be like for them? Um, as opposed to what's all the things that they have to do to nurture and to love and, and to provide. Um, I, I feel like when we get back into our skin, we spend some quiet time journaling, meditating, walking in nature, really a lot is revealed. And one of the biggest things is that authenticity of who we really are. And it's powerful because it does help us step into that next level um, of, of a mindset of success, of love, of health, of all of those things that we've been talking about this whole time. Um, so I'd, I'd love for you to share with the students that are listening to this going, oh, I'm on the fence. I remember um, when we did your testimonial, you guys can go read Amy's testimonial on our website. But she was like, I thought that Amy, remember you said, you're like, I thought this was a big scam. Like I had to like really look into this. And here she is now on our podcast, a success student. So what, what empowered you to be like, you know what, it might be a scam, but I'm going to check it out anyway. You know, I got, I got tired of being one saying mm. one day, I got really tired of watching everybody else do it and mm -hmm. me sitting on the sidelines, sitting on the floor with ice cream. Well, yeah. <laughs> sitting on the floor with ice cream. Like, oh, I wish that was me. We, oh, we were need to, I could do that too. You know? Yeah. You know, I did it for over a year. I watched and I looked and I investigated and, and it was, it was, that was really huge for me, Mary Alice, is yeah. um, I am the first one when my daughters would come and say, oh, I want to go on a school trip. I'm going to learn all about dolphins. I was like, I will find the money somehow, kid. I don't know how, but I'm going to find that money because that's going to be awesome for you. Yeah. When my husband's like, oh, I want to do this. I was like, ah, oh, we'll find the money. That'll be all. But when it was time to find the money for me. I was like, Oh, mm. yikes. Like there's so many other things that the money needs to go to. Again, the things that you're telling yourself this, this whole time we've been talking about where, where I first started when I didn't know who I was, when I didn't know what I wanted and I didn't, I, you know what? I'll be honest, Marius. I don't know where I'm going to be in 10 years. I don't even know where I'm going to be in two years, yep. but I know that with the baby steps, we all overestimate what we can do in one year, but we underestimate what we can do in 10. So at first I said, I want to do 12 speaking gigs, you know, in the next six months. Ugh. And you know what? Maybe I don't hit that number, but you know what? I'm going to do more than zero. Right. And I'm going to do more than I would have done if I hadn't at least put out the effort. If you are considering going into the speaking business, my number one piece of advice is to find a mentor. 
to find somebody that has been there, done that, so that they can guide, support, and encourage you every step of the way. It is not something that you need to do alone. It is not something that I would advise you to do alone. Can you do it? Absolutely. It will take you 10 times longer than if you have somebody. And when I was looking at getting into the speaking business, I put every obstacle in my way. Look, I, I don't have a speaker one sheet. I, I don't even know what one is. I don't know how to design. I don't have a website. I don't have a speaker reel. I don't know what I'm talking about. I have so many different things. I don't know how they all tie together. I mean, I had every excuse in the book on why I wasn't pursuing this. Yeah. And when I met um, and got connected with Grant at the speaker lab, the program tackles every obstacle that I put in my way, which I said back, back when we talked before, and I'll say it again, it was a good thing and a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It was a good thing because I didn't have any obstacles in my way. You, you know, you guys provide the, the guidance. You guys help me come up with my, what I'm speaking on and who I'm speaking to. You help me with my website and the speaker reel. You help me find speaking engagements by giving me the, you know, the lists of all the different um, things in my industry. And so it was a good thing, but it was a bad thing because now I had no excuse Mm -hmm. I now had everything that I needed to get out there. And the only thing that's holding me back was holding me back was me. And so if that, if this is what is calling you, whether it is to be a speaker or an author or an inventor or fill in the blank, the only one stopping you from doing it is you and finding somebody that's already done that to help you, to assist you, to mentor you and guide you will get you there so much faster with a lot less aggravation and a lot less tears and a lot less ice cream on the kitchen floor. <laughs> I think we have to name the podcast that ice cream on the kitchen floor. <laughs> I mean, it's so great. Yeah, no, that that's so powerful. And, you know, um, just want to share real quick, like Amy getting booked and paid to speak. You're even pushing yourself there out of your comfort zone by asking for more money and just testing the waters. I love that story. Can you share that story? Well, I've got one to share with you that happened today. That also oh. did that. So I'm oh going to share with you the one that happened. I, I, I kid you not this after this morning, I got on a call with somebody. They had been referred to me. So um, they were looking for somebody to do a keynote for an upcoming student leadership conference for um, students in the whole state of Virginia. Mm. Now, I'm gonna preface this by saying, I've not spoken to that big of a group, okay? So I was already pissing myself that she wanted <laughs> to even talk to me. And so I get, on the I get on the Zoom and we're chatting and I ask, what's your budget, right? Now, I'm gonna be honest, when I started, I, I was told that I shouldn't start anything less than $2,500. So my first, you know, I, I started at $2,500. I threw some other experiences that I shared with Mary Alice. I then threw out $5,000 yeah. and the person didn't blink. So now I'm on the phone with this person. I said, what's your, what's your budget for speakers? And she goes, well, we're really trying to keep it at about $5,000. And my eyes got like big as saucers. And I was like, well, shit, then I, 
ah, I need to do something. You know, if they're trying to keep it at 5,000, that means there's more. So why yeah. should I be leaving money on the table? And so I said, um, I said, oh, and she says, is that even in the ballpark for you? And I said, literally, uh, this is what I said. I said, you know, my mentors have been after me for months to raise my rates. And I just recently raised them to $7,500. I said, but this is our first go around. And I hope to have many more with you. So I am, as long as you cover hotel and food, you know, and all of that, and um, you allow me to have a meet and greet after to sign my book and have people buy my book. I'm, I'm happy to do this this time for five grand. Um, and then the next time you'll just know that my normal speaking fee is 7,500. And she said, I literally, I'm like, don't make a face. Don't make a face. She can see your face. And she yeah. goes, I'll see if I can get you some more money. Woo! I love it. Totally complete shock and disbelief. And, uh, and then she said, do you have a one sheet? And I was like, yeah, I have a one sheet. She says, cause after this call, I'm getting on with somebody else, uh, another event planner. And they've got a couple of events that I think that you would be absolutely perfect for. And I'd love to recommend you. Ooh. I got off the call. I literally did one of these. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm jumping all over giggling and laughing and literally mind blown, mind blown, um, that, you know, you, I think it's a matter of getting that one under your belt Mm -hmm. to really give yourself that confidence. And then once you get that confidence, it kind of just builds. Um, I, I know that my, my talks are worth at least 7,500, if not 10 grand, because I do them so totally differently and they want, and people's lives are transformed by my talks, but I haven't felt confident enough to ask for that kind of money. Mm. And now I've been put in situations where people are, um, have bigger budgets are putting out there that they're willing to pay me more for my talks. And that just gives me more and more confidence to eventually get to the price point that I think that I eventually need to be at. Yeah. That's what an awesome story. So exciting. I've not heard that before. That is like, this is all real and raw. Um, <laughs> that is really, really awesome. Cause I know asking for the 5,000, it was like, ee- <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and the last time, the last time you did it. So yeah, it's, it's really, it's awesome to see, you know, your confidence building and, and, you know, when you have that confidence, you attract those people who are like, Oh, this, this chickie's confident. She's not messing around. She's going to give us a really good experience. She's worth every penny. And that that's really important too. So, um, yeah, it well, back to what we were saying earlier, our thoughts, yeah. Lead to our beliefs, lead yeah. to our reality. And when you think that you're not worth it, then you'll believe you're not worth it. And then your reality is you're not worth it. Yes. And so when you can switch your thoughts and say, you know what, gosh, darn it. I am worth it. I believe that I am worth it. Mm-hmm. And, and then my reality becomes that, that people are willing to pay me for it. Yeah. I mean, what a way to wrap up the ice cream on the ch- kitchen floor. That's amazing. Like, you will not be eating ice cream tonight on the kitchen floor. It might be with a glass of champagne on the island. <laughs> there you go. Celebrating. Cheering to myself. 
love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. If you guys want to read more about Amy, head over to our student success stories on our website. Check out her full story. Um, it's a really good one. Uh, we appreciate you. We're celebrating you. And thank Aww. you so much. Thank you. All right, there you have it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, I want you to know that we do this podcast simply because we want to serve and support speakers like you. We don't charge anything for you to listen, but in return, we do have one small favor to ask. Would you be willing to subscribe to the podcast where you're listening right now? Hit that subscribe button. Also, leave us a rating and review within iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to these podcasts. We read every single one of them, and they also help other people to find the show. Also, if you are looking to take the next step in growing your speaking business, be sure and check out thespeakerlab.com. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com. We've got a ton of free resources and tools there, and you can also learn more about the programs that we offer, which include one-on-one coaching. Our mission here is to help you find the confidence, clarity, and clear path that you need to own your speaking success. So again, check us out over at thespeakerlab.com. As always, we appreciate you hanging out with us, and we'll catch you next time. You're awesome.